Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. everyone and welcome back to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I'm joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Hey y'all. All right, so what are we talking about on the podcast this week? Okay, so y'all, we are going to talk about euphoria. Mm-hmm. The the gender thing, the gender euphoria, not the HBO Max show. Oh, yeah. I've heard good things about that show, though. Not the point. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about gender euphoria and how we should find validity as trans people in our euphoria instead of our dysphoria. That was something we were going to dive into. But what we very quickly discovered is that I'm currently not capable of talking about euphoria if it isn't directly tied to top surgery, because that's all I'm capable of talking about right now. So and why is that? Okay, well, just one moment. So we're going to have an episode on non-binary top surgery. Instead, we'll do the euphoria thing next week. And that is because I finally admitted to myself that I want top surgery. And oh boy, y'all, it's been such a joyous, euphoric journey since then. (laughs) Yeah, so that has been the experience in our home for the last... um... I don't know, a couple of weeks. It's going on three weeks now. Going on three weeks, mm-hmm. where Elle has just been excited. It's been a very excited energy. It's been really nice, actually. It's been lovely. Yeah. We've been trying to uh, brainstorm a jingle for Elle has more things to say about top surgery, because I really do. I, bur- I We all work from home right now, right? I burst into Josie's room that she works in, and I'm like, so, do you have a moment to hear about top surgery? <laughs> Important context. We have jingles for lots of things in this home. I'm surprised that we don't have any gender journeys jingles. I don't think I... Do, 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 do. That's a jingle. <laughs> That's a jingle, I suppose. <laughs> we just don't hear it every time. They have to hear it. Our listeners hear it every time. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about non-binary top surgery. Um, and I guess specifically... Y'all, it exists. That's a fair point. Let's start there. All top surgeries aren't the same. That's genuinely something I didn't know before I started looking into this. Also, top surgeries are not the same as double mastectomies. Another thing I genuinely did not know before I started looking into this. Maybe other people know. I think I had some issues with learning about top surgery because you see, I really, really wanted it deep down, but I wasn't acknowledging that yet. So I like definitely blocked out everything I did know about top surgery. I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in that sort of thing. All right, tell us some of the things you learned. So non-binary top surgery exists. So there is there is standard top surgery, like what most people are referring to when you say top surgery, is masculinizing top surgery, which involves more than just top, chopping off the titties. Again, something I didn't know. I didn't know it either, honestly. Yeah. So there's actually a lot of differences between like cis men and cis women's chests. Um, which involves like the nipples being further to the sides for men and smaller for men. Again, cis men. Mm -hmm. Um, Testosterone puberty having folk. Testosterone puberty having folk. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Testosterone makes your nipples smaller and makes them further apart from one another. Right. So when you get the standard masculinizing top surgery, 
trigger warning, we're talking about top surgery, so there's going to be like a couple surgical terms. I'm going to try to keep it not gross. I'll put a content warning in the... Uh... But I got to talk about nipple grafts, which personally kind of weird me out. But so when you get the standard masculinizing top surgery, they take your nipples and they make them smaller and then they stick them back on further apart from one another to like model or to look more like the standard testosterone. To, to masculinize it. Yeah, to masculinize it. Which like, I guess I knew, like I, I guess I could have like really puzzled that out, but I never, it never occurred to me that there are other options so, a lot of non-binary top surgery procedures are aimed at either a androgynous chest that, like, is kind of like a mix of the um, estrogen and uh, testosterone-created chests, mm-hmm. or is made to look like a chest before it went through a um, sex hormone puberty. So, that's, like, smaller nipples, more central, but no titty. Um mm. Wait, what does the blend one look like? If it can look like anything. Do you want big nipples far apart? Do you want small nipples close together? Do you want no nipples? I do. I want no nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of this is nonsense. Also, I personally, so another reason that some people, even non-binary people, will sometimes get no nipples is part of the nipple graft is they take your nipples off and then they put them back on your body. And that really... that. That that skeeves me. The idea of something being off of my body and then put back onto my body, it it doesn't do well for like my concept of like energies and body whole wholeness and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally works for other people, but like not, not my you. jam. Yeah. So like I I don't think I would want a nipple graft either way. Mm-hmm. But also things like dramatic breast reductions can be non-binary top surgery. Another mm-hmm. another thing I want. <laughs> um so like Still having some titty, but not very much titty, so that what binding is actually fully flattening. I know some people, that's already their experience. That must be magical. It's not mine. (laughs) And so, also, like, mixing and combining. Do you want titties but with smaller nipples? Do you want no titties Mm -hmm. with bigger nipples? Like, there's just, like, there's lots of different options. And also another thing that I hadn't considered is... If you're getting the double incision, which is like, if you can imagine top surgery scars, you're almost certainly thinking of the double incision top mm-hmm. surgery scars. It's like the most common. Yeah. You have to be pretty flat chested and have pretty elastic skin to get anything else, which means you have to be either pretty young or not have bound very much mm-hmm. or both. Because it, once you get older, your skin elasticity drops. If you bind every day, your skin elasticity drops. Okay, yeah. Yeah, those are the, the like, kind of, quote-unquote, classic top yeah. surgery scars. Like, yeah. if a narrative, if, a, like, a visual narrative is going to demonstrate that somebody is a trans man without mm-hmm. uh, saying that, they're going to show those. That's, those are the scars you're thinking of. Exactly, exactly. But those also come in different shapes and sizes, I guess. Sizes, you don't really get to choose. Your scars heal. heal. <laughs> Your scars heal how they heal. But they come in different shapes. So for the standard masculinizing top surgery, they try to make the scar line as straight as possible. And they try to make it right along the pec muscle so that it kind of like frames and squares out your chest in a very masculinizing way, mm-hmm. which like perfect for people who want a masculine chest. Mm-hmm. But they will also do like more curved ones that kind of almost 
follow what would have been where your tit was that can make it like a little bit more androgynous and they can do like more curved or less curved mm-hmm. sometimes also that's a little tricky because sometimes if you try to get the straight scars when they stretch they'll droop and get curved anyway and like if you try to get slightly curved they might stretch and droop and curve more than you wanted like scars are tricky right. you can't make them heal mm-hmm. like you can't make them do what they're yeah. going to do what they're going to do. But I find that so interesting in terms of... So one, one of the things that Elle and I have been discussing alongside uh, the top surgery discussion is an idea that <laughs> I think that we've mentioned on this podcast before called morphological autonomy, which yes. is that everybody should have full control over their own body. Everybody should have access to uh, surgeries and other you know body modifications just because it's our bodies. We should be able to just do what we want with them. Yeah. And I find the idea of like the the scars being used in a specific way to like denote um some amount of like gendered signaling mm-hmm. through that like that is fascinating and really cool and kind of beautiful in a way to yeah. me like it is you know because i feel like uh what i know of cosmetic surgery in other contexts mm-hmm. um not that top surgery is a cosmetic surgery for a lot of folks it is a life-saving surgery and like and it also i think that i think that it can it can be both like i, I still would put it in cosmetic for myself mm. i don't think that it's life-saving for me but that is not all non-cis folks experience right. for sure and like and cosmetic surgery in the like more fancy way to just say plastic surgery as a discipline yeah. i know that scar minimization and like doing all you can to make scars like non-existent mm-hmm. is like a really big part of it right and this idea that you can like intentionally address your scars and like think through not just like i don't want the scars there ever but think through like how do i want the scar to be shaped so that it gives me the most joy with my body i think that's beautiful that yeah. sounds really cool i also like personally so as our listeners have know because we talk about race occasionally I'm definitely white. And what you might not know is I'm hella white. I'm super (laughs) Irish. And like the very few scars that I do have from just like, I mean, like I have one from this summer falling off a skateboard. That's like still purple. And I got it like eight months ago. Like I scar super dramatically. So I count myself very lucky that I actually freaking love top surgery scars. I think they're beautiful. I Mm -hmm. think they're so cool. There is nothing that I love more than people who have had top surgery, Mm -hmm. but also still wear feminine clothes. So like they wear low cut clothes that like show their top surgery scars. Oh, prime. I love that. I think it's beautiful. I think that it's like, I think that the scars themselves are an expression of being outside the gender binary. They do not have to be that way if it is a binary man who is trans i don't want to invalidate that experience but for me i think that it's like a um reclamation of my body and i'm like yeah i did do something fucking major to make my body look this way and like i'm proud of like how much work and how much confidence it took to do that that's super super powerful for me so like that's not true of everybody. I want to be super clear. Like scar dysphoria is like a whole mm-hmm. nother thing, right. especially amongst people who do wish that they had been born without boobs, that they had gone through a testosterone puberty. Mm-hmm. Because if you have scars, you don't you don't necessarily look exactly like you went through a testosterone puberty. Yeah. But for me, my goal is not to look like I... Uh, went through any sort of <laughs> yeah. in particular... <laughs> it's not yeah. like I just... I want to look away... That doesn't have anything to do with puberty. Like, that doesn't... Puberty doesn't weigh into it. Yeah. I can understand the folks who would get scar dysphoria. I I think that part of my non-op identity is that, like, I think in my 
most ultimate beautiful fantasy world if i had just been born a woman mm-hmm. like or you know been born been born somebody who had been assigned female at birth right like that been, would been be, born with a little less testosterone bl- flowing through those veins been born with a vagina that would have been cool like i would pro- i feel like i would have been very happy with that vagina yeah. but like the part of the thing that m- makes me identify as non-op is that like the vagina that you get from bottom surgery is not functional in the same way that a natural vagina is yeah and so like just that difference. And so it has like pros and cons because like mm-hmm. i i want to be clear and not to like undercut what you're saying but i want to be clear that like for trans women who are incredibly dysphoric about their penis, it doesn't really matter if right. the vagina operates the exact same way that, that my vagina operates, right? That, that, right that's exactly. not the point. Exactly. But like, it's still like, it's still like a pro, like it's still something you have to weigh right, differently. Right. And the idea that like, you know, scar dysphoria makes sense to me in the sense that like, it could serve as a reminder that like, like you said, you didn't uh, go through the t- the the puberty that you necessarily wanted to or would have like been most ideal yeah. for you and like i i've also heard you say something that like isn't been hasn't been something that you brought up recently and like mm-hmm. i think that's because it goes kind of against my ideas on top surgery but something that i know you've said in relation to i believe your your non-opness is how you're just really you really love what your body has been able to do all by itself yeah like not with the estrogen but that kind of feels like all by itself yeah yeah i mean (laughs) not in the same way of like it's definitely more by itself than surgery and like i think that scars could definitely like directly intercede that because like your body didn't do that all by itself your body specifically didn't want that to happen if it has scars right they're like something traumatic in a way, happen to your body. Right. And yeah, that's a very good point that like part of what I really vibe with as a non-op person is that like, I like seeing what my body can do with estrogen mm-hmm. now, especially since I've passed the first puberty. Yeah. <laughs> and like part of that too, which we haven't actually done an episode on this, but I, I wrote an article on it um, about how body modification and like body art, mm-hmm. um, like my tattoos were also a very big way that I addressed my dysphoria. And like, yeah. that's another way where like, technically the scars but like yeah but it's, it's not really not traumatic way. in yeah, the same way and i don't use way. traumatic like lightly I, I think that something that you have to remember when you do, do major surgeries they're traumatic to your body right i mean your like, body has to heal pretty significantly from them i mean from top surgery for months like you yeah. do not have the same range of motion for like at least six months yeah and like that's a big ass deal yeah. you know and i think that that those are the sorts of places that like dysphoria around scars can come up and also yeah. i think i mean medical procedures are scary for some people so having a physical reminder that you went through a medical procedure doesn't do it for some Sub-ideal. people. Sub-ideal. Sub-ideal. Yeah. For me, I'm like, no, I think that's so cool. Like, I did that to look this way. What yeah. did you ever do to look your way? Like, hmm, mm, like, yeah. I'm so cool. Like, I've reclaimed my body. Like, it, there's a lot of body reclamation. But, mm-hmm. like, that also comes from a pretty AFAB point of view. Like, my body had needed to be reclaimed from the day I was born because, like, <sighs> this world's the concept world. of what AFAB bodies are meant for is skewed. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that, like, I also think it has a lot to, to do with my fluidity. Like, I was super feminine and, like, I loved my titties for many, many years. And they were grand for me. Like, that was fun. Yeah, you've talked about in this last couple of weeks how, like, you had you had really big tits for, like, the best part of your yeah, life. Yeah, you in high them. school and college, man. In middle school. Oh, boy. Phenomenal. <laughs> but high school and college, like, I love that. Like, I got served at the bars first. Now, 
if a bar is crowded, I'm like, oh, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> but like back go? when I wanted to be in bars like that, the bartender never ignored me. Like, you know, like I really, I got all the benefits from this. Yeah. And so like, that's kind of how I c- conceptualize it. And that also plays into like our ideas on like morphological um, autonomy. It's like, I don't. Well, I mean, technically, for insurance purposes, I do need to have had dysphoria since I was a freaking kid or something. Yeah. But, like, in my ideas of ethics and morals and what is right, I don't need to have had dysphoria for, I mean, any amount of time. I need right. to, like, have euphoria surrounding this, right. which I totally do, and, like, want it and have the means to make it happen. Yeah. Well, ideally, I wouldn't have to have the means to make it happen. Right. But right now I do. But capitalism. Capitalism, yeah. <laughs> and I and I mean that is why we were going to talk about euphoria today. Uh, because we've Y'all, been we talking, really we really did try. <laughs> we've been talking so much about the fact that it like you don't need to have spent every day since you were thirteen hating and that's every so... aspect of your body in order to qualify for surgery. But that is like how it is framed in media and how it is framed by insurance companies. And that's part of the reason it was so hard. Like, I literally, I, I think that like the final crumbling of the wall that was keeping me from thinking about top surgery was 100% the thought that, well, I cannot want top surgery or I can't want top surgery enough to get top surgery if I don't bind every day. Mm-hmm. Because like I don't bind because... Binding doesn't make my titties flat. That shit doesn't work for me. Right. <laughs> like, it just doesn't. People on the internet can be like, I have F-cup titties and I'm they're flat with binding. Fine. I'm glad that works for you. But, like, I don't know, man. It doesn't work for me. Plus, it hurts your shoulders. And it hurts my shoulders and it hurts my back, like, even after just a couple of hours. And it makes me so much more uncomfortable with my chest because now I'm in pain and constantly aware of it. And it's not flat. So, right. like, all, the worst of all worlds. Like, I'd so much rather just not wear a bra or anything. So then at least I can just not think about it. Yeah. <laughs> but really, like, I think that, like, one of the big things that kept me from really admitting and, like, allowing myself to want top surgery was I was, like, if I really wanted it that badly, like, I would get over that and I would bind anyway because, like, everybody that wants top surgery does that. And, like... That's crappy. Yeah, that's not the vibe. Like, that's not helpful. Yeah. And that's, once again, we are going to do a whole episode on gender euphoria. Stay tuned. Maybe next week we'll find out. (laughs) Um, But more specifically, yes, you deserve top surgery because you want it and it brings you joy. So we mentioned at the start of the episode that non-binary top surgery specifically it exists exists. and we'll drop a we'll drop a uh, link to like a phenomenal resource on what non-binary top surgery is which just so happens to be the website of the surgeon i'm trying to go to which is pretty chill but (laughs) also his website's super helpful right so tell so we we kind of talked a little bit about the options for non-binary top surgery in terms of endless they are endless it's just a nice little mix and match so what what are you feeling right now? Ugh. We're not we're not setting this in stone. This is not an audio recording in which you have to have gotten everything you talk about right now. Our but... listeners are going to get torches and pitchforks <laughs> if I change my mind. Yeah, no. no. Uh, um, yeah, so right now I'm really thinking small titty no nipple is our shorthand for it. <laughs> so I know that I, I'm like pretty set on not wanting a nipple graft. If like there was some wild world where I didn't have to get double incision... I would think about, because like other types of surgeries, you don't have to have nipple grafts. You can just not have your nipples removed at all. I would consider that. But right. y'all, I have to get double incision. Like, 
that's just there's no yeah. other options because that's based on how on the size of your breast right yeah i think that i've never really seen anything uh, i mean y'all okay let me again i'm not a medical expert let me just say <laughs> that i've just been scrolling a lot of top surgery media that's true that's true yeah i I don't think we've given any medical advice this episode, but neither of us are medical professionals. Well, I'm about to say something that like maybe could be. I've never seen anybody with like bigger than like maybe B cup titties get anything mm, but double incision. Right. Like that's just not something I've ever seen. Again, like you got to talk to your surgeon. Like who knows? <laughs> right. And I definitely have bigger than B cup titties. So like I just imagine that I'd have to get double incision. So I'd, I'm pretty sure I don't want a nipple graft. I also like the options. I'm gender fluid and bisexual, never made a decision in my life, you know, good <laughs> memes. I like the options of being able to get 3D nipple tattoos later if I do end up wanting nipples or like they have like really realistic nipple stickers. I like the, all of these options. Mm-hmm. So or to get a cool tattoo that is very specifically not looking like a nipple. Exactly. Because you can also like chest tattoos would be so much cooler without nipples Everybody always gets like a weird ring around their nipple for their chest tattoo. Nobody wants that. If I could just avoid that, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So no nipple. And then the small titty bit is like a dramatic breast reduction. And like, I'm not 100. I need to talk to my surgeon. I haven't had my consult yet. But in my head, at least, there is an amount of breast tissue that could be left behind, a small amount, that could both allow me to walk shirtless on a beach Especially with no nipples, nobody's going to be looking at my breast tissue. People are going to be like, this bitch. <laughs> and I'll be and, like, yes, and, and I am confusing. And your um, scars. Like. Yeah, and scars and like my effeminate hips. Like, yeah. So a small amount of breast tissue that would allow me to both walk shirtless on a beach or put on like a lacy bralette and probably some sort of uh, nipple, like if that's stick on nipples, like whatever it is, and look hyper effeminate just like part of the small titty committee Mm -hmm. i think i could just be making shit up i could just be being very very hopeful but i think that there is an amount of breast tissue that would like walk that line and for me that's not like androgynous in the way that some people want their top surgeries to be which are like more like they haven't gone through any type of puberty that's like one style of androgyny Mm -hmm. the one that i want is like fluid like able to be interpreted either way like if i'm wearing swim trunks people think that i either have pecs or right now with how flabby i am light man titty (laughs) (laughs) and if i put on like a lacy bralette and like lingerie people just think it's small titty like i think Mm -hmm. that like i think that that is an achievable thing and i think i think especially i think specifically without nipples or if you like address the nipple question in a certain like in a certain way. I mean, I'm sure the surgeon you're going to has a whole webpage on how to, on what non-binary uh, uh, top surgeries look like. And I'm sure he has experience. Yes. But like, I feel like a lot of the difference there, because I know that like, for one thing, it is itty bitty titty committee, not small titty committee. Itty bitty titty committee. Oh, I knew that. I just didn't. <laughs> this is another joke that we've been discovering recently. Josie apparently hung out with a bunch of itty bitty titty committee friends back in the day. I like literally didn't realize that existed. I think that people on the itty bitty committee. I don't think they liked me. <laughs> I don't think they liked me in general. Um, but I think that part of why like 
my chest is probably a little also, bit. Wait, sorry, one moment. I also just want to I want to put an asterisk disclaimer. All titties are beautiful unless you don't like your titties and then they are still very neutral, but I'm sorry you don't like them. But all titties <laughs> are valid. I'm not trying to be out here being negative towards anybody's titties. That's fair. So I don't know necessarily about my titties because I do I did go through a at least initially a testosterone puberty. Now you've been through both. I have. You're fancy. I've been through I I frankly because I went off because I went off estrogen for a minute there I have been through both twice and it sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Remember you did that. <sighs> <sighs> anyway, but I think that part of what like signals people are the like really subtle differences between like masculine and feminine chests. So mm-hmm. even if you are like completely like double A cup flat chested, you can't really walk around the beach topless with female presenting nipples although i'm starting to develop a theory that you totally can but you wouldn't that's that's fair i I think that also it's a lot of just confidence like i think that's a lot of it it's just like are you willing to fucking do it right yeah and like what what else are you wearing around what does your hair look like what does your hair look like i think that's huge what your hair looks like yeah and like yeah what what are you wearing on bottom yeah yeah because i mean if you're wearing a bikini or like a skirt thing on bottom and no top, then like people are probably just going to assume that you have a fab an a fab chest, whether or not you do, you do. Right. I think that I think that there's just so many like yes, like I definitely didn't realize the like detailed differences between AFAB and AMAB chests before I started doing this research, other than literal breast tissue. Like that wasn't something that like mm-hmm. I was aware of, but also. There's just so many other pieces that go into clocking somebody as whatever you think. Because there's also even things that go into whether or not you would be upset about if if there there was an AFEB person with their titties out. Like, Mm -hmm. because also I know that I've literally seen things like that. But because I was in an affluent part of Chicago, the people around me were just like, eh, they're probably European. And like, I don't know if that's a correct answer. I don't know. But that's genuinely the type of answer I've seen to full grown AFAB women without shirts on at beaches in like an affluent part of a major city. Interesting. So like, I, there's just so many pieces. There's a lot of cultural context. And also what color is your skin, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But like, I think, I do think that your small titty no nipple, I do think that like, the lack of nipple would throw a <laughs> yeah. lot of people. I just like, and in, also being around you, mm-hmm. somebody who is incredibly feminine presenting. Yeah, if I'm in board shorts and with you, like nobody's gonna question anything beyond that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm picturing you wearing like board shorts and just like a Hawaiian an unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt. Uh, it's gonna be a vibe. That's my goal. It's gonna be a vibe. <laughs> that's my aesthetic goal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Anything else you want to say about your uh, impending non-binary top surgery or about non-binary top surgeries in general? I don't know, y'all. I'm sure there's so much more I want to say, but like... We can do a part two. We, we, can, we, we can, probably will. We can try gender euphoria Well, I mean, again. if I get top surgery, I'll get excited. There's going to be a whole series oh. that's just me getting top surgery. Oh, yeah. That'll be... That's something to look forward to. We'll We'll do like a whole... We'll do a whole thing. We'll do a whole thing. thing. We'll do a whole little thing. We'll do a... We'll talk about the whole journey. We can release a vlog. I've watched so many top surgery vlogs. (laughs) We'll do a vlog. We'll do a podcast. I made Josie watch one, and it was of this person who had a terrible experience with their caregiver. It was very sad. It was very sad. 
we're gonna do better than that yeah we're gonna do better than that yeah anyway i don't have anything actually substantive to say <laughs> all right well then in that case i think it's where we're gonna wrap it up for this week on gender journeys the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context thank y'all so much for listening as always i am one of your hosts josie and i'm joined by your other host my lovely partner l bye y'all and until next time just keep thinking about it Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Badash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash genderjourneys. We hope to hear from you soon.